a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus, and he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed, we were adopted as sons of God. Uh, I think. Oh, huh? 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Are we doing the show now? Is that theme over? Hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Yeah. You know, Pastor buddy. Wolf Miller, I think we need to have a bet about something. All right. I don't know what. We just need to have a bet so I can win and get you doing show prep again. That was nice. So I can win and then we can. Do the bump of the superstitious and get rid of that. That is that such is a never rid- how happen. long have we been doing this opening theme? It's absurd. The, hey, we we are here to please the listeners, and the listeners have spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in today's edition of Table Talk Radio, what Pastor Wolfmiller did not plan is a uh, name that church body and Ten oh, yeah. Commandments in the news. Oh yeah. So let's see if uh, you remember how to do any of that uh, stuff, uh, Pastor Wolfmiller. See, I got that written down here. Okay, but first yep. we have uh, buzzwords and email. Yeah, so uh, Buzzword, you got one? Yeah, I do. Now, I don't know a whole lot about this, so you, I mean, I hope you do, or else we won't have much uh, to talk about on this. But the uh, theological buzz phrase is covenant of grace, and Theopedia says the covenant of grace is one of the three theological covenants of covenant theology. The covenant of redemption, the the covenant of works, and the covenant of grace. This third covenant, the covenant of grace, promised eternal blessing for belief in Christ and obedience to God's word. It is seen as the basis for all biblical covenants that God made individually with Noah, Abraham, and David, um, nationally with the Old Testament Israel as a people, and universally with man in a new covenant. Hmm. So, do you have any thoughts on that? No. Uh, what, what is, uh, do they have anything on the covenant of redemption, how that's different? Maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the covenant of redemption <laughs> is what? Waiting? <laughs> Excited? <laughs> yeah! The covenant of redemption... The, uh, wait, okay. Refers to the covenant within the, th- the Trinity which established the plan of salvation, i.e., the agreement within the Godhead that the Father would appoint the Son to give up his life to mankind and that Jesus would do so. That's interesting. That's the covenant of redemption. It's a it's a plan that God makes with Himself, and the covenant of grace is that plan carried out on Earth. What's the covenant of works then? Um. Yes, it's here. Yes, <laughs> it is the pre-fall agreement between God and Adam, in which God was promised blessing and life upon obedience to the terms of the covenant, and cursing that death should be uh, that death should he disobey the terms of the covenant. Oh, Co- I see. Covenant theologians maintain that the requirements of the covenant relationship are clearly defined in the commandments that God gave to Adam and Eve. Hmm. Well, there you go. Now, I don't know what, much about it. I mean, we're going to get lumpy on this. Yeah, it's, it, sounds like, uh, it sounds like one of these things where you, um, 
you just kind of make some false categories and call it your own theology. <laughs> What's that called? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that that's called the the covenant of categories. <laughs> covenant of grace. I mean, I'm all for grace and redemption and stuff. Mm-hmm. Law too, even. Yep. Big fan. All right, we'll get we'll get lumpy on that next next week. He can report to us what the the hubbub is about that. Okay. So you writing that down? Yeah, I am. All right. Scholasticism is my buzzword for you. Scholasticism comes from the Latin word scholasticus, which means that which belongs to the school. It is a school of philosophy taught by academics or schoolmen of medieval universities circa 1100 to 1500. Scholasticism attempted to reconcile the philosophy of the ancient classical philosophers, philosophers with medieval Christian theology. Remember that whole thing? Who? What church father said, what does Athens have to do with Jerusalem? The scholastics said, everything. The primary, I continue, the primary purpose of scholasticism was to find an answer to the question of, uh, or resolve a contradiction. It is most well known in its application in medieval theology, but was applied to classical philosophy and other fields of study. Uh, it is not a philosophy or theology on its own, a tool and method for learning which puts the emphasis on dialectical reasoning. Okay? Mm-hmm. There you go. Now, uh, here's some famous scholastics. Anselm, mm-hmm. Abelard, mm-hmm. Lombard, uh, high scholastics, uh, let's see, uh, Bacon, uh, Albertus Magnus, Thomas Aquinas, yeah, you heard of him, William of Ockham. At least this is what Theopedia has for the list. Important anti-scholastics, Rene Descartes, Bernard of Clairvaux, they forgot to put Luther here. Famous anti-scholastic. Oh, no. Now, Luther, uh, you know you know where, oh, man, where Luther would just lump together the quotations of the scholastics um, to really get after them was when they were talking about original sin. And the scholastics had so much trouble with original sin because Greek philosophy is based on the idea that man has got to have something good about him. And Christian theology is based on the fact that man does not. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a big difference. Yeah. Okay, so uh, now we're going to do some emails to our uh, email address, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Pastor Wolfner, do you have any? Oh, man, do I have some. Here's one. This comes from, uh, let's see who sent this. Oh, Christopher. Hey, of Hogan Christopher. Films. You know that guy? I know that guy. The guy that makes this whole thing happen? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Chris, by the way, takes our uh, our show and puts it on the podcast for you guys so that you don't have to wait a month for four, <laughs> four episodes to roll in. Chris says, saw this on the way to work. The three R words on the side of the van bus made me go, hmm, see attached. This is by under, under the, the, the title Church Bus Theology. And now, Chris, I can, Christopher, you cannot just make up games like this. Yes. What hey, is, are you thinking here? There is a long process in the I, development right. of games. Vetting, you know, experimenting. Right. We have test groups. You can't just make up a game. Right crazy that's like this just is introducing creative worship out of the blue this I mean, is irresponsible hymnal committees <laughs> you know what also is irresponsible is the fact that he took a picture out of the front window of his car driving down the interstate <laughs> i bet they're at a stoplight or something yeah i'm pretty sure they're not <laughs> here by the way all right we'll play along church bus theology the the word the three r words are you want to guess second baptist church redemption no. Oh. Uh, relational? <laughs> yeah, that's one. Okay, relational. Relevant? Yeah, that's the other one. Uh, 
I give up. What's the third? Real. Real. Of course. Relevant, real, relational. Because there are some Baptist churches that are relevant. Uh, relevant. What was the other one? R- real. No, not Relational. Relational, but they're not real. See, that, Re- those yeah, are the ones you want right. to look out fake. for. Fake. Relevant, <laughs> fake, relational. <laughs> this church, Second Baptist Church, that's probably First Baptist Church, because this church, Second Baptist, <laughs> is relevant, real, and relational. Let's take them uh, t- time by time. So what, do you, what does a church mean when they say they are relevant, as opposed to what? Well, okay, so usually those guys who talk about um, you know, theology all the time or have their heads in the clouds and have no idea what's going on around them, so that you'll talk about God in the abstract and have no application. Now, we have to be careful with that, because a lot of times when people are talking about wanting application, it is that I want the law. I want things to do so that I can know that I'm keeping the law. Uh, the application is really God's law nailing us, or God's gospel forgiving us. That's where uh, law and gospel and theology is applied. So I think it's this anti-theological thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, what about this one? Real. I, I don't know. Uh, what about I mean, this? Okay, well, I think this is what I think of when, when we see real on the side of a church van, is that you have the pastor that has, like, tattoos, <laughs> and, uh, man, I, I've i had a past. I know exactly where you're coming from. I can be real with you, yo. I can be real. I mean, as I think... As opposed to fake. Yeah. This, is the, this is often under the buzzword... Uh, Authentic. Yes, yes, same thing. The, tr- the trouble is, as soon as you have to use the word, you've destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, hey, we're going to have an authentic conversation. And then you say, well, what was the other option? It's kind of like when someone says, you can trust me. Well, if I can trust you, you don't have to say that. <laughs> Here's the third one, relational. Relational. Um, Relevant, real, relational. You're listening to Table Talk. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds good to me. This is you're, it's not a religion; it's a relationship. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you, you give me give me your thoughts on that one. We're, this is a, you know, uh, we, we, uh, Pastor Flammy and I, you know, the guy across the hall from me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he and I were talking about worldviews and how the world each worldview is a distortion of the courtroom of the conscience. So we, the, our conscience is a courtroom reflecting the heavenly courtroom. The Catholic Church changes it and it makes the courtroom into a bank, <laughs> where you're exchanging merit. Yeah. At a bad or good exchange rate. The evangelical church takes the conscience and it changes it from a courtroom into a dating service. <laughs> I like that. Or maybe into a marriage chapel. And now it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Come and have meaningful conversations or whatever. The, the courtroom becomes a coffee house. And, and, uh, and that's what relational means. Yeah, I mean, what was your little thing about why men don't come to church because they play? Uh, you, you have you play you play half an hour of love songs. You hear a sermon about uh, about re- having a relationship, and then you have a time of commitment. <laughs> I don't know why men aren't going to church. Where are all the guys? I have no idea. All right. Well, when we get back from this break, we're going to take another look at the email. Maybe our voicemail system at one eight hundred three eight five SOLA one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. And then we'll be playing the game Name That Church Body. You are listening to the one, the only, Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, Serious Theology 
seriously bad hosts. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You know, Pastor Wolfman, there we have this voicemail system where people can call in and leave us their comments or questions. And you want to give them that phone number? One eight hundred Sola Fide. Isn't that it? Close. S O L A F I D. One eight hundred three eight five Sola. So you're you're close. You're oh, that's there. right. You're getting so, close. So well, we have there. a voicemail. Let's 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 tune in. Let's see what people are saying. Members of Grace Lutheran in McPherson, Kansas, love issues, etc. Uh, guys, we just called Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> At least we didn't call the God Whispers. <laughs> 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 That was a horrible <laughs> Pastor Wolf Mueller imitation. Oh, sorry, just checking Facebook statuses. <laughs> what is this? You're famous. I, what, what, I, 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 mockery. <laughs> what do they say that mockery is the greatest form of flattery or something like that? Something like that. I thought that was imitation. Oh, well, mockery too. <laughs> we'll just change it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, who are these? I don't, have never heard of these McPherson, things. McPherson, Kansas? Yeah. Hey, that's, a great, that's a great place to be. Yeah, that's um, right. If I num- was in if I was in McPherson, Kansas, I would go to that church. I would too. <laughs> what church was it again? <laughs> Grace. 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 Um, <laughs> but what are these things that you're talking about? Issues, etc. And God was. Have you ever heard of these things? Who knows, man? Okay. Anyway, we gotta check. We gotta check the social. We gotta check the uh, new media dust that we're leaving behind to see if there's <laughs> guys like that back there. I know. I just, sometimes you just gotta stop and look behind you and see what's going on. Anyway, uh, do you have another email? Oh, yeah, man. I got loads of email. We're wildly popular. This is from Adam, or at least from Adam's email. Hey, Adam's email. Hello, pastors. I recently started listening to your show, We TV Was on Hiatus. Did I read this last week? I can't remember. Keep we going. TV Was on Hiatus. Uh, it'll be just as funny, I'm sure. I'm hoping that you will play translating evangelicalisms and use the term pre-Christian. I tried dating a charismatic girl for a few months. Say what you will about the tenets of Calvinism. At least they pretend to have a confession. (laughs) And I overheard her dad use the term. I think I may have been uh, referring to the lost that you Fort Wayne guys hate so much. Remember (laughs) how you hate the lost? I almost forgot. (laughs) Accidentally loved a lost person the other day. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You lost? I hate you. I usually just give them a map. I'm sure it'd be something to hear you take on the term. Please do it soon so I can stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm insulted on so many levels. (laughs) Typing from the town that proudly calls itself the cesspool of sin, Rogue River, Oregon. Wait, that's not it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Adam, P.S. I'm an audio engineer. Be glad to help. (laughs) Uh, Hey, all right. Okay. You got that written down? Yeah. And then he finishes this email with this. Techner solegotika. What the heck? What's what are you mean? talking about? It's the words. Techner solegat ikha. Dear listeners. tongues. Dear listeners, please don't put things on the email that Pastor Wolfmiller can't read. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I'm doing a little Google Translate. Okay. Well, so pre-Christian, this is an evangelicalism. Um, I, I don't know. I mean... So I think what what this has this goal is that uh, you know someone who is an unbeliever 
It's just a matter of time. I don't know if that's <laughs> true, though. You know, I mean, th- certainly there's gonna there there are people who live their entire lives without ever becoming Christian. Now, the the, the scriptures do say that uh, every knee will bow down, every tongue will confess. So that either you'll be confessing this uh, that that Christ is Lord because, um, uh, oh, I don't know, how would you say this that uh, that that you are believing this for yourself or that you're forced to. I mean, that uh, it's kind of like the, the, the loser admitting who the winner is, you know? But uh, I don't know. What do you think about pre-Christian? I'm trying to... I think this is Afrikaans. Tehner sole gotika. Hmm. Uh, I think your explanation is right on, spot on exactly Thank what I was thinking. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, let's play a little uh, name that church body. The way this works is uh, I'm it's on a out. I'm on a website here with different uh, <laughs> statements of belief, and then I yep. read them. And Pastor Wolfman has to guess what church body we're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, I'm ready for. All right, so know. here are the categories I have for you, Pastor Wolfmuller. All right, God, humanity, yeah. mm-hmm. salvation, mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. living, apocalypse. Mm. <laughs> apocalypse. Let's start with living. It's my favorite thing. All right. Uh, okay. God's law and the Ten Commandments shows us how to live and make clear our need for Jesus. Hey, that's all right. Though the law shows us the path to follow and convicts us of sin, it's about yeah, far more than just towing the line. The commandments oh, principles true. outline a holistic relationship with God, self, and others. Oh, who says that? <laughs> I can keep going. Because God shows rather than, sorry, because God shows rather than just tells us how to live, Jesus became an example of God's law brought to life. In contrast to the Sabbath observance of his day, Jesus emphasized the seventh day Sabbath as both a day of rest and restoration. We observe the weekly Sabbath by pausing our self-striving day-to-day business and seeking to serve and blessing others and doing good. The Sabbath day is God's gift of freedom to us. It gives us time to restore ourselves, our families, and our relationship with God. Hmm. Well, interesting. Huh. Was there a thing in there that said that, hmm, this emphasis on the Sabbath, the person, whoever wrote this was thinking about it. It wasn't, you know, that's just like a youth group sort of thing. (laughs) Which leads me to think that it was older, but I don't know. There are some other things that. This is a tricky one. I mean, that stuff about the Ten Commandments is not half bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Getting hung mm-hmm. up on the Sabbath is particularly interesting. Instead of kind of having life in all the other institutions that are outlined by the commandments, of all the commandments that kind of emphasize that, that to go with Sabbath is an interesting thing. Let's uh, let's do the apocalypse category. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the title here is uh, "Love Restored." From the Garden of Eden to the Tower of Babel, the destruction of Sodom to the exodus of Egypt, God has always investigated before taking action. I had to pause make sure I was reading that right. That's Um, a weird thing to say. (laughs) Yes, it is. Now, before his return, Jesus is investigating the lives of everyone who ever lived, revealing the choices that led to salvation or destruction. God wants to make clear and transparent to those watching universe that no one reaps a fate they did not choose. Weird. So you have a prejudgment before the second coming. I've never heard of that. 
Mm. Is this a church body that I've heard of? Before? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So this prejudgment, investigating what everyone's choices were to see if they would be saved or damned. Hmm. I can read more on this if you want. Is this church body bigger than a breadbasket? <laughs> We're not playing 20 questions. All right. Let me read another paragraph. Oh, yeah. On this yeah. One. The ancient Hebrew sanctuary rituals were merely a reflection of Jesus' work in heaven and every offering right. a foreshadowing of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice. That's good. Now, Jesus, our true high priest, offers the merits of his sacrifice to all who accept his grace. That's because bad. he endured every temptation we face, we can trust Jesus to understand our struggles and strengthen us when we need help. That's good. Jesus is our mediator, forgiving our sins and restoring our sin-shattered relationship with God. The first covenant redeemed us to death, yet Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant whose sacrifice set us free. That's not quite right. The un... Uh, I don't know if I wanted to... This might... Okay, I'll I'll do it. The unconscious nothingness of death separates us from God Uh, and those we've uh, lost. uh, Only God uh, is inherently uh, immortal, yet the free gift of salvation is eternal life. We look forward to Jesus' second coming when Jesus will resurrect his saved from the dead so they can live forever. So when you die, you go into nothingness, soul sleep, until till the resurrection. Perhaps. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me take one more category in this, and let's do uh, church. Okay. Title is, We Are One Body. Jesus left his followers with an epic mission. <laughs> nice. Uh, and this is, that is, this is what that is. Mm-hmm. To tell the world of his love and his promise to return. They should also love people the oh, wait, way... Wait, wait, did you hear that? His love and his promise to return. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. significant. Okay, yeah. Yeah. What else? Uh, they should also love people the way he loved them. Oh. That's interesting. Somebody different wrote this article than wrote the other articles. <laughs> or whoever put together the website <laughs> cut and paste from different spots. Interesting humans with his message was a bold and risky move. What the... But even though God knew people would often fail him... And even distort his truth, he wanted to work with us. What? That is weird. Okay, I'm gonna. So I think this is one of our. I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I, I, I my, I'm leaning towards uh, the Adventists because of the emphasis on Sabbath worship and soul sleep. I'm gonna say this is Seventh Day Adventists. What is Seventh Day Adventism? Man, you'd even like go off a little bit. You don't want to like poke around some other bushes just to see what you might scare up. You're just going to mm-hmm. go out and answer it right, I'm right away. I'm going for it, man. I'm going for it. Okay, you're right. Seventh day Adventists. <laughs> <laughs> so they got the soul sleep and they got the Sabbatarian emphasis and they got the. What is the epic mission of the church? I do think someone different. They got the youth guy in there to write that one. <laughs> epic. Uh, that is epic. It's massive. <laughs> and it's a risky move for God to work with us sinful yeah, human beings. Yeah, it's real and relational. The, the next line is, the risk was worth the reward. As followers of Jesus, the church is called, to ins- called and inspired to act like him. All right, maybe another word about Seventh-day Adventists after this break. We'll play another round or two of Name That Church Body. We'll be right back. Of the heavenly first united Baptocostal. Presbyterian, Methodiscopal, Evangelical, Evangelistic, Nazaristic, Faithaholic, Charismental, Fundamatic, Holy Spirit-filled fanatic, the Church of God in Christ our Lord. 
We're all God's children harmonizing, singing one accord. Have you ever felt like you were all alone in the world? You were probably listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing the game, Name That Church Body. And Pastor Wolf, you nailed it. 200 points for you for oh, getting yeah, Seventh-day Adventist on the last one. Points are like signing off on your email in Afrikaans, by the way. <laughs> oh, you just ruined the, the points joke. I got, I'm sure um, I got more where those came from. Any other How words to say about last seven? Segment? No, we got two more. This oh, and, okay. and one Good. more. So. So, uh, any other words about Seventh Day Adventists before we continue? Uh, no, I don't know much about those guys. Well, okay, so their big the church one. Time. Their big things are the the uh, Sabbath day. I mean, Saturday worship, and this is kind of the big thing that if you're not worshiping on Saturday, you're sinning, because we have that given to us in uh, the Old Testament, and so that should right. be continue. And, and Paul says, you, "Let everyone judge you on the Sabbath." Does he <laughs> say that somewhere in the text? <laughs> it sounds like Colossians, except where he says. Uh, let no one judge you concerning this Sabbath oh, thing. Oh, I missed the no. For these things are a <laughs> these things are a mere shadow of that which is coming. That is Christ. Now that really changes the meaning of the text. It's not let everyone judge you on the Sabbath. <laughs> let no one judge you on Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, big difference. Would you look at that? I, I, and I don't know if if all Seventh Day Adventists. Uh, <laughs> kind of go to this reasoning, but you you find like these weird conspiracy theories of what happened with Constantine. It's like Constantine just ruined the church. The church oh, was yeah, pure yeah, and fine before Constantine came along and he just No errors it. as manifest by the New perfect. Testament epistles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <a> minute. It's <laughs> see for example Galatians and Colossians. Yeah. The first perfect. Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so uh, I, I was talking to the guy that was making this claim that uh, that Constantine established uh, Sunday worship. I said, no, 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 Christians were worshiping long before uh, Constantine came along. He's like, well, where's your proof? I said, well, I don't have it on me. I left it in my other pants, but I could uh, I can come back with it, you know, if you want. So my goal here was just to find you know one or two church fathers that like out of the blue just kind of mentions worshiping on Sunday to kind of prove yeah. that it was happening. Yeah. And I found uh, three church fathers. I don't remember who they are at the time. I think Justin Martyr was maybe one of them. But I had fi- found three church fathers who not only mentioned it, but advocated for Sunday worship on the basis that it was the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And I bring him back to this guy. I said, see? Uh, he's like, so what? You're going to believe this instead of the Bible? <laughs> Wait a minute. Goodness. That's a trick. Uh, so anyway, some of the Adventists also uh, uh, talk about the f- the food things. They get, have high dietary restrictions based on the law, which uh, you use that oh, same yeah, passage. Oh, yeah, they have a thing about that. I was at the ha- Adventist hospital, and they had a whole, you got to live to be a hunter by eating the right foods. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for that, by the way, Liv- eating right foods. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm just glad that like Reese's peanut butter cups aren't a restricted food. Cause That's I'm all right, about kosher that. Uh, Twix, and <laughs> uh, and then the soul sleep. You want to say about something about soul sleep? That's the idea that you lose consciousness between death and the resurrection, right? Yes. I don't know how I don't know how we get away with that. Uh, I mean, maybe I mean th- there's church fathers that have said that stuff too, uh, but uh, I mean. T- when Paul talks about being uh, absent from the body and being present with the Lord, um, 
and see, and you know, so seeing the Lord face to face, etc. We we got to be careful that if there's a sleep, there is also an awareness of bliss. So I don't know how that goes together, but yeah, and, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Jesus tells the thief on the cross, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." That's right. So we can Sleeping we, we can me. proclaim a nap in, this inter, in this intermediate state that we are at, at least present with Jesus. So. You know that whole the whole thing is helpful though. It focuses on the resurrection. Hey, the real thing comes in the resurrection, which is true. Yep. So. yep. Okay, I got a church body for you. It's more like a church and not a church body. Ooh. Okay. I, I looked up. Uh, I looked up churches in Aurora and just clicked up a couple here. Nice. And uh, and so, but you can guess the denomination or whatever. Here it is. Our beliefs. It's not categories, it's just one page. In fact, it's only three sentences. Okay, let's hear it. We are a community of people from different backgrounds who call Jesus Lord and seek to love one another. We love worshiping together and reaching out to people who desire to experience the healing grace of God. We are committed to the centrality of the gospel in every area of our life and to making Jesus known in our city and throughout the world. Okay. Now, it's interesting someone so concerned about having the gospel as the central part of their life doesn't actually talk about it in their statement of beliefs. It is ironic that someone has a statement of belief and actually doesn't mention what they believe. <laughs> I mean, I mean that is fascinating. I mean, here is our statement of beliefs when we talk about what we do. <laughs> it's amazing. But this is where we've come in, in American Christianity, is that it's about deeds, not creeds. And so um, what do you believe? Well, that doesn't really matter, but this is what we do. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, your statement of beliefs would be all about your doing, your law. Your I mean, this is this is this, church. We should be concerned about this church. So uh, church. This you could be church. Like you're a missionalist. This could be anyone. Church. What? Whatever. That's that's not a missionalist thing. I have. Uh, it is. Oh no! I'll I'll bring a bring a nice quote from uh, someone else that talks like that, and it's not a missionalist. Who? I don't remember who it was. Yeah, some uh, missionalist. Oh, church, no. listen up, church. It's an old this dead guy. This is a problem for us, church. <laughs> who, did, who, say, who talks like that? I'll listen here, it. church. I'll, I'd like to see it. Anyway, um, what's the difference between saying church and saying dear saints, like you say in your sermon every Sunday? Because it's not a missionalist thing. <laughs> I, if, you, if you find a missionalist that says bizarre. dear saints... You're gonna you're gonna cease titling your sermons in that way, huh? I will. Okay, and I'll preach. All and right. I'll preach, dear church. I'll I'll find it. Okay. All right. Challenge yeah. accepted. Yeah. Okay. So um, this could be absolutely anybody under the sun. This could this could range from most uh, most uh, many LCMS churches to the non-denominational churches or the Baptist right. church. I mean, this could be anyone. Yeah. So. Um, it's Aurora. I'm just going to say some local community church. Yes. This is a Faith Presbyterian church. Uh, see, I told you it could be anyone, so I was right. <laughs> All right. I got another one for you. The website is cha- it's, it's, uh, it's Faith PC, but they changed on the thing. It just says Faith Church. I'm ready for the next That's one. the new trendy missional thing to do is to omit uh, denominational names in your... Uh, That's right. Yeah. Listen, church, we got to stop mentioning our denomination. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is yep, also just really. a page, but it's more than three sentences. So I'll just read until we hit the... Until you want to comment on something. I'll just All read until right. you tell me to stop. All right. We believe that the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments are divinely inspired, verbally... I believe that. ...and completely inerrant in the original writings and of supreme and final authority in all matters of faith and life. 
Hey, that sounds good. That faith and life distinction is an old one, too. All right, so far, so good. We recognize the value of traditional Jewish literature, oh. but only where it oh. is supported by and conformable to the Word of God. What we regard it as in no way binding upon faith or life. <laughs> Who was asking that question? Ancient <laughs> Jewish literature. Does, by, by that, do they mean the Apocrypha? That's a good question. Ancient Jewish literature? Who's saying, hey, we also get our doctrine from ancient Jewish literature? I bet it's the Apocrypha against the Catholics. That's the only way that makes any sense at all to me. Okay, Okay, next. We believe in one sovereign God existing in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, perfect in holiness, infinite in wisdom, unbounded in power, and measureless in love. That God is the source of of all creation. (laughs) That through the immediate exercise of his power, all things came into being. Wow. Now, I think that's all right, but I just think the style, (laughs) which is one adjective for every other word, (laughs) leans me towards thinking this is a Calvinist. Uh 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 Let's see what happens next. We believe that God the Father is the author of eternal salvation, having loved the world and given his Son for its redemption. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. Love the world. You hear that? Love the world. Yeah, I was going to say, are you still on your Calvinist uh, yarn? That sounds less Calvinist to me. <laughs> we believe but, but that... it's true. I mean, I, oh, Calvinists sorry. can talk about God giving the, his son for the world. But have they, them they, love the world? Having, yeah, uh, yeah they, 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 they have to say that. Do they? But we'll <laughs> okay. We, <laughs> world is in all ethnicities. <laughs> That's right. All the, it means all nations, not, just, not everyone in the nation. All right. We believe that Jesus the Messiah was eternally pre-existent and is co-eternal with God the Father, that he took on himself the nature of man through the virgin birth so that he possesses both divine and human natures. See, you see how it said Jesus the Messiah? That's mm-hmm. what someone says who's got a problem. Uh, I mean, they're, they're answering a question with that. They're not saying Jesus the Christ or Jesus the Savior or mm-hmm. Jesus our Lord, Jesus the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Then that's two references to Jewish kind of stuff. Mm. Old Testament writing, Jewish kind of stuff. This is really interesting to me. All right, I got, uh, you got some more there? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're about three-quarters of the way done. Okay. Uh, we believe in his sinless life and perfect obedience to the law, his atoning death, burial, bodily resurrection, ascension into heaven, high priestly intercession, and his personal return in power and glory. We believe that the Holy Spirit is co-eternal, co-equal with the Father and the Son, that he was active in the creation of all things and continues to be so in providence. Hmm. He, uh, that he Providence can... is an old theological word. That's not a modern one. That's not... That's like a Quaker word. All right, I'm ready. That he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, that he regenerates, sanctifies, baptizes, indwells, seals, illumines, guides, and bestows his gifts upon all believers. Illumines is also an old word. I'm going to write that down. Illumines. All right, one more before the break. We believe that God created man in his image, that because of the disobedience of our first parents in the Garden of Eden, they lost their innocence, and both they and their descendants, separated from God, suffer physical and spiritual death, and that all human beings, with the exception of Jesus the Messiah, are sinners by nature and practice. And with that, we'll go to a break and uh, say a few more words after this.
vein of mystical subjectivism. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. Ten Commandments, because God loves us. Ten Commandments, and here they are. What? Don't fool yourself, there's only one God. Ten Commandments, Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Ten Commandments in the news right after this. We need to finish I wondered up. why you were playing that song. Name, the, name that church body. Now, before, I've got four more here, Pastor. Now, you have any, yeah, yeah. what's your inclination so far? I mean, uh, uh, now, this idea of the Messiah, the Jewish thing, it's, it's leaning me towards some sort of Messianic Judaism. Uh, something like that. I mean, otherwise, it sounds fine. It's got to be a little bit older. My secondary guess would be actually something like the Quakers or Puritans or some of the old school kind of uh, Calvinist revival stuff in the United States. And that's because the key word of sovereignty uh, and uh, st- some stuff like this. So some of the kind of leaning towards inner light Calvinism of early... But I, I still, I think that Messianic Judaism is, uh, or the Messianic Christianity is uh, what I'm leaning towards. So Okay, well, let's see if the next four tip tip the scale a little bit. Okay. It says, We believe that Jesus the Messiah died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, as a representative and substitutionary sacrifice. Okay. That That's all right. who believe in him are justified not by any works of righteousness they have done, but by his perfect righteousness and atoning blood, and that there that uh, there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Okay. We believe that Israel exists as a covenant people through whom God continues to accomplish his purposes, and that the church is an elect people in accordance with the new covenant, <laughs> comprising both Jews and Gentiles oh, who acknowledge yeah. Jesus as Messiah and Redeemer. See? See? <laughs> I was on to it. I was uh, sniffing it out. Now it's becoming clearer. All right, two more. We believe that Jesus the Messiah will return personally in order to consummate the prophesied purposes concerning his kingdom. Yes, yes. And we believe in the bodily resurrection of the just and the unjust, the everlasting blessedness of the saved, and the everlasting conscious punished of the lost. Yep, I do think that that's some sort of messianic uh, Judaism. Uh, what is a messianic congregation? I don't know. What is a messianic congregation? Oh, uh, uh, yes, you're right. Jews for Jesus is the is the one you're looking at. Boom shakalaka! 200 more points. So so in case you're paying attention, anyone, the strategy of this game is to give three sentences to the statement of beliefs. <laughs> that will prevent the other person from being able to gain the uh, upper hand. I was sniffing it out. <laughs> no. Are you impressed that I came out of the break not, guessing it? Not really. I mean, oh, you thought it was that? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, uh, okay. Uh, so, I what I think is interesting is you have nothing in here about any talk of sacraments or anything like this. I mean, uh, this this is oftentimes the case that when you're looking at a uh, statement of beliefs, uh, you get kind of the our view of the Trinity, the Scriptures, and Jesus, which is good. I'm, I'm, you know, those are necessary things. But what you don't uh, usually have included in the statement of beliefs are those things that typically um, divide denominations, things like baptism and the Lord's Supper. Yep. Um, and that's that, all that divides the churches. That, I mean, that's, that was striking here. That is where you go to fight if you want to get in a fight. I remember one time, now I'll tell you a story. 
There was one time, a long time ago, when I was a baby pastor, that I went down to the Denver Seminary, and I was going to audit a class, but they had to, you had to sign the statement of faith to audit the class. Really? And I thought, oh, this is so great. This is going to be such a great... Because I'm going to look at the statement of faith, and there's going to be a bunch of wrong things on there, and I'm not going to be able to sign it. And now I can say, look, I'm a Lutheran pastor that believes the Bible, and I can't, t- I can't sign on to your statement of faith. I was ready to make a deal out of it, right? And so couldn't. I read the statement of faith. And there was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> this exact same phenomenon. It didn't say, I mean, you could be any kind of heretic and sign the thing uh, because it just didn't say enough. And, and it certainly it didn't mention the sacraments, right? right I mean, that's right, where, right. where, where you've got to go. So if you want to get in a fight, or, or also known as having a meaningful conversation. Typical Fort Wayne grad would think the two are the got, same thing. You've got to talk about baptism or the Lord's Supper. That's your only option. All right, all right. Hey, I got a, a news item for you for Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah. All right, here it is. Welcome back. The longest-serving governor in Texas history and possible presidential contender now has a mugshot on file at the local courthouse. Governor Rick Perry turned himself in yesterday on two felony charges of abuse of power. This after a grand jury indicted him for carrying out a threat to veto state funds to the DA unless she resigned. District Attorney Rosemary Lindberg was arrested for drunk driving last year. The video surfaced of her yelling and shouting in jail. Perry called for her resignation, but she refused. A defiant Governor Perry now says he stood up for the rule of law. The actions that I took were lawful, they were legal, and they were proper. This indictment is fundamentally a political act that seeks to achieve at the courthouse what could not be achieved at the ballot box. Ah, so what do you think of that story? Man, I haven't been following this. Have you been oh, following Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, well, they, they had it there in the report, but the... Uh, who who was the lady? The DA. The, the DA. She gets arrested, and she, I mean, I wish For she drunk could, driving. Yeah, and so she gets arrested, and she's you know, uh, you know, screaming in this little holding cell, and they put her in this like restraint chair. I mean, here you, <laughs> I mean, it's just hilarious. And so anyway, uh, governor calls for her resignation, and uh, she won't do it. So because he because um, she wouldn't turn in her resignation, he vetoes the certain state funds and says, I, you won't get these funds unless you uh, turn in your resignation. Now, huh. that is being then said this is an abuse of power and has charged um, Governor Perry for abuse of power, which is a felony offense. And uh, he was indicted and has now turned himself into the sheriff's office and will be, I guess, uh, having his day in court. So what do you think wow. of that? That's crazy. Huh. I should pay attention to the news. Yeah. I'm glad we played Ten Commandments the news so you can know what's going Otherwise, on. Otherwise, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> now, this we is play interesting. play this every day, probably. I mean, obvi- the obvious commandment here is the fourth commandment, but I want to hear what, what you say about uh, abuse of power in this case. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, the fourth commandment establishes government. And also, we have expanded that in the United States, so we have these uh, different branches of government so that you have uh, some checks and balances. And it sounds like, so Governor Perry says, look, uh, she is unfit to be. She was elected the office. She's unfit for the office. She should resign. He doesn't have the power to make her resign, but he does have the power to veto the budget that would send money to her, mm-hmm. uh, right to right. her office. Yeah, you got it. So he says, "I'm going to use that veto power to stop this, to in order basically to force her to resign." Now, uh, it seems to me like this would be an, a completely unnecessary act if there was a way that uh, someone who was, you know, a caught drunk driving and going bizarro in jail 
could be removed from office. You know, particularly someone like the district attorney. (laughs) That's right. You might be safe if you're the DA. Do you think the DA prosecutes herself? (laughs) I mean, who who brings drunk charges against the DA? The DA? uh, The assistant DA. Talk about abuse of power. That might be a a slight conflict of interest. (laughs) Slightly. Now, drunk driving, by the way, is... So drunkenness is not per se a breaking of the Fifth Commandment like people like to talk about. Drunkenness is a convenient way to break all of the commandments. Uh, and is just strictly forbidden because it's an instant hardening of the conscience. But drunk driving is a breaking of the Fifth Commandment because you're out there to murder someone. Now, uh, the courts is the Eighth Commandment. You shall not bear false witness that uh, the courts are established there. Um, the budgeting is, has to do with the Seventh Commandment. You shall nice. not steal. That's in there. Um, it's And it seems to me like, you know, I mean, uh, Governor Perry must have known. I mean, I'm kind of sympathetic to the guy here. It seems like he must have known that, you know, he didn't want to do this and this was going to get him in trouble. But he's willing to take the risk of getting in trouble in order to accomplish the better thing. Mm. And that is, yeah, in a way, a keeping of the fourth commandment. I mean, now he has to go through the process, though. I mean, get, he, I mean, everybody's showing his mugshot. He had to go through the you know, uh, get printed and and uh, post bail, and now he's waiting to trial. I mean, so this is this is not a small thing. So you have to at least uh, admire his um, conviction, right? Yes, which I think I do. I kind of like that guy. Don't we like Rick Perry? I think he's a nice guy. Tablesock Radio doesn't endorse any uh, candidates for. Are we a uh, some sort? Of, uh, well, he's not a candidate, is he? <laughs> oh, he will be. You'll see. You'll see. He will. Oh, yeah. I don't know you'll any see. of this sort of you'll stuff. See. How's your? But, but aren't see, you going to run for city council? <laughs> no, yeah, but River? I am already. I, aren't you going to? Aren't you going to run for? Uh, what is the thing where you, know, you hear complaints from neighbors? You know, you're going to have to start respecting me because I happen to already be an alternate for the planning commission of the city of Rogue River. <laughs> so I'm going to start demanding a little respect <laughs> around here. That's exactly the committee. <laughs> no, it's completely motivated by love and not for justice. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) All right. You got a minute to to wrap this up. Oh, look. I was... Okay. You want to do another news story or what? Oh, no. We should do this story. Uh, How do we talk to people about this? Okay. Yeah. I want to know what you think. (laughs) I don't know the story as well as you do, apparently. Uh, Well, I don't know it at all. Anytime that we we deal with kind of these major... I mean, so the major commandment in this one is the fourth commandment that... um, uh, it's not just about honoring father or mother, but the authorities. And and I think that that gives us the end to talk about God, doesn't it? That that God has placed these uh, people in our lives to maintain uh, uh, order so that we don't just go absolutely uh, uh, in utter chaos. Uh, and so I think this gives us an end to say, um, yeah, I think the, the Lord continues to, continue to rule in this world uh, through these offices. Uh, and maybe that'll give us an end to start talking uh, talking there. What do you think? I think so, too. And sometimes when you do the right thing, you have to face the consequences of it. Mm. I mean, that's also true here, too. You have to be willing to to do the right thing. You have to be willing to suffer. But then in the end, we see that it's Jesus who suffers the consequences for all of our sins. That's the gospel. Indeed. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like a three-sentence belief statement. (laughs) 
Thanks Nothing for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio Church. is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.